and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by Louis McCaffrey. High energy. High energy, pressing. That's the title that's, of the pod that's, well, this week. Is it? It is now. Okay, fair enough. You know that was a WWE tag team with uh, Coco Beware and uh, Owen Hart. We'll move on. Kieran Harron, how are you? It's good to be here. Yes, I'm up for this tonight. That's a clear sign that he isn't, and he's tired, <laughs> just as tired as I am. Um, no, good, good to hear you, Kieran. Uh, First time in a while, Keith McGinty. I think we needed a wee bit of time apart, Christopher, just to appreciate one another. But it's good to see you. Um, I'd like to say the same. Um, I'd like I to... I know deep down it's the same. No, it's, it's good to see you, Keith. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're back and we're going to be talking about Celtic winning. Celtic won again. It's good, isn't it? Oh, oh it's t- tremendous. I don't really think there's anything see else. See people, they get bored of this. I know. I don't, I don't understand it. Actually, we're not. I was you know, trying to be a bit facetious. What we're actually going to open with, uh, and I'm blindsiding everyone with this, I can see the fear in the eyes. Uh, it's Kurt Cobain's birthday. He would have been 50 today. Um, what's your favourite Nirvana Never mind song? I would have won the lottery Never mind that. Kills? Yeah, I actually blocked Keith's joke there. Go on. Sorry. I was all right. Uh, does anyone get any interesting music-related football anecdotes? Kieran completely not interested. No Gallagher and all that. Man City, that's a thing. What's I got to do with Nirvana? I would asked if any sort of music slash. Oh, you're just mentioning because he was fifteen. That? Yeah. Also, Robbie, Robbie Baggio was fifty yesterday. That's very true. Okay, let's go. Ital- early Ital- Italian Serie. And how did he spend the day? Don't know. Probably watching a game of football in Italy somewhere. Maybe. Nope. He was in a tent full of rescue workers that had been working in the aftermath of the earthquakes in Italy and the local uh, people of the village and the rescue workers were having a kind of do and he, he went there and they had a cake for him and celebrated his birthday so that's where he chose to spend it. Um, he is a, he's a, a, well, he's a Buddhist. Legend. Um, Buddhist. Karma's going to be kind to him. I was just going to do a wee plug as well because one of, one of my mates in work did a, an article on Robbie Baggio. Obviously, has um, thoughts and feelings about him because he obviously worshipped him as a, as a youngster, watching um, watching him in Italy in the nineties. Uh, you can catch it on a uh, website Calcio Mercato. It's a good read. Just spell it. Start with C. <laughs> just type into Google Keon's pal uh, Baggio and that'll be fine. But, um, I've not read them myself yet, unfortunately, but I'll do it by being told it's been very good. <laughs> <laughs> Great plug. Great oh plug. God. And I've never heard anybody call him Robbie Baggio before either. Aye, but maybe that's just Baggio. me. That's because you're 10. You don't remember who Keith Gillespie is. No, I don't. I still don't know who he is. Um, but no, Baggio genuinely one of the one of the great. Um, you know, I watched a lot, quite a lot of them when I was younger, but I also watched some kind of videos and clips over the, the weekend because it was his birthday. Um, and uh, his ball control and his technique is really second to none. I mean, people talk about how good Messi is, but Baggio won his prime when he was at Fiorentina spe- specifically as well was just un- unbelievable. And when he was at um, Inter, um, talking about. Uh, who was, no, not not. When he was at AC Milan and Enrico Sacchi was the manager, he famously said he felt like he was a Ferrari being driven by a traffic warden, which I always thought was a really terrific sort of uh, put down. What's your... You look. You've, you put your hand up, Keith. Is it not Arthur Boric's birthday today as well? Happy uh, birthday, Arthur. Arthur Boric. Uh, Favourite Arthur Boric save, Keith? Uh, Our moment. Let's man go. you penalty. What a night that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, just kind of yeah. shouting in Keon's face. That's weird. Um... 
the penalty was terrific save, but his performance in that game overall was was, was tremendous. Um, one of the funnest goalkeepers we've had. That penalty that he took against Dundee United, that was just phenomenal. Yeah, technique out of his face. You well, get I'm any? Just, I'm just going to say, oh, the craziest as well. I mean, there was that blessing themselves at Ibrox. Yeah. And it was the one that the Pope t-shirt was at Ibrox, wasn't it? Yeah. Underneath the, his top? Pope. I mean, he famously came out and said, I don't have to like this club or this players. In fact, I hate them. Uh, That's terrific. That, that got us all on board. Yeah. You do have high energy. You're staring at me with... You like, go straight to legend status for doing that. Never mind the fact that he was actually... A brilliant shot stopper. Yeah, for a period of time. Well, I tell you what, I, um, I'll you know, I'll I'll worship him from my heart shaped box um, throughout time. Ugh, it doesn't really work. No, that was shit. That was shit. Moving on. See, I had heart shaped box, and I I, I knew that ugh, it doesn't really work. Anyway, um, tweet us your football slash music puns, or don't because I don't think we'll ever mention this again. But so, Celtic beat Motherwell 2-0 at the weekend. It was a performance coming off the back of a 6-0 demolition of Inverness and the fact that Motherwell got their ass handed to them um, against Aberdeen. It was, what was it, 7-2? 7 but from report, I didn't. I only seen the highlights, so I obviously wasn't at the game. Reports from certain Aberdeen fans were saying it was 7-2, Going a lot, on a lot more, and um, you know it could have been, you know, could have been double figures. I mean, let's just looking back at what happened in that from a multiple point of view. That goal from Christie. Do you know? I, I've still not. I, I still like to see it from another angle. Did did he did he hit it with the outside his foot? Yes, yes. He does. Yeah. It's just every every angle that I've seen it, I can't quite. It's not quite close enough to to see it, even, how he connected. Joe's even it. better as well. It was so nonchalant. He just he just walked oh, onto it. He didn't actually yeah. run onto it. He just kind of it came to me. Just it was so much ease and so much class. He just went and kind of clipped it outside. And it was a, a, I mean, it didn't even have a lot. I don't even think I had a lot of pace. It just had a good bit of dip. Yeah. It was just a wee mm. kind of clip. It, it was, was it, oh, it was beautiful. incredibly placed. Um, uh, do you know what? To give it his biggest plot compliment, uh, Louis. It was Roger Esque. Yes. Roger-esque. Yes. Roger-esque. Um, Keith, yourself with uh, Christie, with Roderick being out for you know again, we're we're looking at about the next seven seven weeks or something. <laughs> I know, sorry, sweetheart. Uh, are you a little bit disappointed that maybe Christie isn't getting his opportunity? Because if he was here, oh, well, if he was here, would he be getting an opportunity? Yeah, you'd like to think so. That's the Kieran nods his head with <laughs> reckless abandon. That's the the role that you'd hope to see Christie in, uh, the kind of attacking midfielder role. Um, is that what he's playing for Aberdeen? I've not actually watched any of their games. He's, he's been playing on the left, but drifting into the, to the middle, like kind I'm of how sure he, he played. Playing, yeah, how he played for Inverness, pretty right. much. But he's affecting the game up there, which is good to see. Um, is Madison away? Is he way back? He to, went back to Norwich. Right, and he right, so he's come kind back, of filling yeah. in that role that that, that, that he that plays. Yeah, it's good to see. I'm glad that he's went to a a side that's actually competing for something that are, they're actually going for second place so he's got something to fight for they're a decent side they're not as good as us probably will be the second best team in the, the league but they kind of grind out results although last week was great to see them scoring so so many goals um, hopefully he's going to get a wee bit chance to develop with some better players because he's not really getting enough game time with us just now so it's, it's good to see yeah we do have a lot of players who potentially are good I've got a kind of small pool of really good potential good players who 
unless they're given a run, they're never really going to, again, like we always say, you know, give these guys the opportunity to fail. They're not really going to be given the opportunity to fail. Having said that, Hendo, that's game number three in a row he's played. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Did they start St. Johnson? I thought it was four. Three, well, three, three started. Oh, right, right, okay. So um, three starts, but he came on the one yeah, before. Yeah, I think yeah, four yeah. games. Yeah. Three starts. So St. Johnston, I'm, I'm looking at you, Kieran, I want to hear your thoughts. St. Johnston, he, uh, he was, was sublime. He played very, very well. He's excellent. Inverness, you know, he wasn't as influential on that game as we'd like. Um, how was he on? I, guess, I don't think he was very influential again on this Saturday. Past, um, he wasn't getting the ball enough. Um, it was kind of he wasn't really. I wouldn't say he wasn't wanting to look for for the ball, but there was not any great runs from him with the ball. There was not not these kind of like we've seen him try to do these kind of defence splitting passes at times, which I think it was the St. Johnson game, and the one that actually came on the game before that. I can't remember who that was that far back. Aberdeen Hearts. Two good week cameos with them. There was a couple of them where he was trying to make those kind of like really nice cute. Through balls, which some were getting through and some weren't, but uh, I, I felt I think I, I don't know if that showed with the fact he came off at half time or where it was a case of Rogers wants to get Armstrong, he wanted 45 minutes out of Armstrong so that Armstrong's basically ready to start next game. But that's when, I was, when you were talking about the Christie, when I was shooting my head, I wasn't shooting my head that I wasn't was, was not wanting Christian. It was more a case of I don't think Rogers would have been using him because see, ever since Rogers has not played, Bitton's played. So see, instead of replacing a 10 for a 10, we've replaced a 10 with another hold midfielder. We've now, at the way it's, obviously it's maybe, Bitton sits and holds, Brown should be pushing further forward, but Brown, he's getting forward enough, but he's not, he's not staying up further up. So at times, so many times you'll see Brown and Bitton side by side. Now, just now the way we're dominating the, the possession in the games, we don't need two guys sitting next to each other in front of the defence. We need your holder, your box-to-box midfielder, and a playmaker. So, for me, realistically, we should actually be playing with Brown, Armstrong, and Henderson. So, Brown, Brown's the one that's... He, I mean, he's shown how much he dic- dictates the play better than what Bitton does because he can move out with a bit of pace, whereas Bitton likes to slow the player down, which sometimes we can appreciate because we want to kill the kind of momentum from the attacking team. But I feel that we should be using some of these kind of youngs because I mean, was it not in January? Was this bitter not told by Rogers? Look, if a move comes up, you're more welcome to go. So that says to me that I'll have you in the squad, but I'm not fully focused on him. But yet, since then, he's, he's played, played every, every game, game since. Yeah. So I wonder if Bitton, maybe because Rogers was out, but we haven't ever we've never seen Rogers since the start of the year. So I wonder if he's noticed something in training with the injury and thought, you know what, he's going to be out in a good number of weeks. I'm thinking I'm going to get a chance here to get back in the team. So I'm not going to push a, f- a move through. So I'm going to stick for the last six months. So it's, it's also maybe the idea that, um, you know, Rogers came out and said that publicly. Maybe he's trying to put a rocket up him, see if he re- responds to that. I mean, that's clearly what he's trying to do with, with Lee Griffiths as well. Trying to say, look, um, you know, not putting him down in public because that's not what he's doing. But, you know, undermining him to an extent by saying you're not needed to prove to me otherwise. Um, Louis, as someone who's a, a fan of cultivated number 10s, um, you know, Kieran mentioning that he doesn't really think that that, that position or spot is, is right for Henderson. I happen to agree with him. I think Henderson, as we've always said, is tidy and he does have a good through pass. But for me, a number 10 should be someone who... Uh, you know, takes players on, creates space, finds that space, uh, and you know, utilizes it to the best of an attacking kind of point of view. Something that Rogic does very well. Do we have anyone else in the squad like that? 
like Roger. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick Roberts. <coughs> Scott Allen. No, I'd, I'd oh, you, you need to <laughs> piss off to Scunthorpe and start supporting them, frankly. No, no I'd, I, I don't think so. I think um, I don't think Paddy Roberts can do it. I think he's see, it's it's it's, it's difficult because Tam gives you, although he's he's brilliant, kind of facing the goal and and brilliant with his feet and his vision and everything else. He's really good at holding the ball up. And he's great at accepting the ball so high up the pitch and being able to bring other people into play in a way that I don't think physically Paddy Roberts could do. And I think he almost kind of gets crowded out. Paddy Roberts likes to size someone up, square them up, and then and then take them on. And, and yeah. eight, nine times out of ten, he'll beat them. But in that kind of position where they, where your kind of things are tight. I don't know if I, I don't think it would work. I remember when we, us three went to the Kilmarnock game and Paddy Roberts drifted inside um, a few times, and again he he just really couldn't affect it. It was much better when he was out wide. So but I don't. That, but in that game there was there was more space, but our player, a lot of the rest of the players weren't finding him. So it wasn't more a case of he needed to hold the play up. It just not a case of we needed no, to, they needed to find him. I'm not saying that he had to hold the play. I just mean when when he got into those positions, I I, I don't think he really looked at his best when he was in that kind of central area but I don't think there is anybody really that's a replacement for, for Roger. I think I'd agree with you I think Henderson for me Henderson's probably more of a deep line playmaker I think he's better when he's got time on the ball and he can see things in front of him and he, he's he's very good at retaining the ball and you know the one thing that's annoyed me watching him in the recent games is some of his passing has been a bit slack he'll have a brilliant a few brilliant passes that you probably wouldn't even see but there are some very simple ones that are kind of go astray and that's just something that he's got to tidy up but i i think for me he just still like, let me jump in sorry see those passes do you think and I, I agree with you do you think those passes are coming because he's maybe not playing in a position he's used to no I think it's maybe a case of he's too desperate to make an impact every time he's on the ball and he doesn't necessarily have to um, I mean he, he's still he's still impressed me I, I still think he's he's definitely the future for us I, I really really want him to stay I hope he doesn't leave but it is a bit of a funny one is he a replacement for Tam? No. Is he a replacement for Armstrong? No, because he's not got the, the lungs that Armstrong's got. Is he a replacement for Beaton? Playing in Beaton's position, he would be too far back and couldn't uh, couldn't contribute in an attacking sense. He's probably a replacement for Brown. Tad mm, can't see him tackling. Well, I that side the physical side of his game, fair enough. Yeah, it's it, 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 well, it, I mean, a difficult one. That maybe he just needs time in the number ten position, and he's going to get it now anyway. So, well, I, I don't know I, if he I, will. I don't think he will. No, Armstrong's back. Yeah, no, Armstrong's back. But then I'll see back in old freedom. But then that's what you just said about Armstrong taking beat on his place. I would like. Well, I'm not supposed that more Brown. Like Brown was set back again. Um, and Armstrong would be a box to box with Henderson kind of being that kind of in the number ten. I mean, what we've got is we've got um, a collection of very talented midfielders, all with very differing attributes. Um, it's not like we've got to, well, we don't know quite know yet with a buoy. Um, so I mean, a buoy could be. I mean, a buoy could be a new number ten for us. Again, well, we've we've not really. He had what three assists in the Europa League last season. Um, he scored a couple of goals in Russia. Again. 
we'll wait till we see him. But um, from one, a one, physical- th- one thing I remember uh, Brendan Rodgers saying when he was talking about him when he first signed is that he was really uh, really impressed with how he defended the space and the kind of defensive midfield role. You know that struck me as you know someone who is like a, a kind of anchor in midfield that. Kind of like the Makaleli role of just Canty. that's his area and he defends that, but he defends it very well. Not really talking about his offensive side, but I was um, he must have one. I was described. He was described to me to um, from uh, a couple of people I spoke to that he was like Wanyama, only with more technical ability. Um, in that he will win the ball, but he'll also drive forward as well with it, um, and he does have a good pass. So I mean, so probably very similar to the Dembele at Spurs, who's partners when Yama. He's he's a very good tackler and yeah. gets forward and drives forward. He's very good. Well, if if, he, if he's in the mould of Dembele, then, then terrific. I'm a massive fan of Dembele. Yeah, just now as well. We're talking about number ten. So now that we've not really got a number ten replacement, is this possibly not a good time for us to have? Two up top, like with Griffiths, if he would get fit, because Griffiths is a very talented player and he can he can hold the ball up at times. We've seen him do well with holding the ball, not obviously play almost side by side with Dembele, but just behind Dembele, like a number ten, because he has he's, he's got a good pass on him. He's got a great shot. Um, and he's kind of got the kind of skills to kind of take players on. And see one one problem with with um, Griffiths is I think in his head, if he doesn't score a goal. He's not contributing. Now that's not true because you know even I honestly think Griffiths could have have in one game have a hat trick of assists. Celtic won six now, and he still would think that he's not contributed. He's a striker. He's a goal scorer. He, I, he loves but, doing that. But he's more than that. Like he, I think he's. And I, this isn't a bad thing. I'm, this is, if anything, this is almost a positive. Um, he's obsessed with scoring goals to the point where. Uh, I don't know, you know, we could go three at the back. I mean, we've kind of been basically playing three at the back anyway with uh, Lustig, Boyata and another, um, whether it's uh, Yozo or, or your boy who seems to be kind of in and out of the picture. Eric. Eric. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, Keith, with, with the, um, you know, the the midfield options we've got, well, going forward over the next while... Coming up to you know the big the big derby that no matter what anyone says will be a game that will be pushed by the media. A and title decider. It could be a title decider. We the could win the league. Of April when we play Partick Thistle. Of course, of course, Keith. <laughs> of course, um, but no. Um, just thinking midfield. The only th- we're talking about who's uh, Henderson like. I don't see him like any other midfielder that we've got, which is a good thing as well. He likes to play the be through balls for the striker to run onto. He seems to. He was trying that a wee bit too much with James Forrest and Sinclair, trying to get the ball over the top without much luck at the weekend. Maybe that's because he's not played with them enough or he has just tried to force it. The thing that disappointed me the most about him, though, his performance at the weekend, was his, um, his set ball play. We were hoping to see mm. some of the deliveries from, like he was doing with Hibs last season, especially at the, the cup final. But even before that, it was that was... Something that we were set pieces, we yeah, always set pieces, corners, free kicks. Just can not it, seen that. Can, and do you know who's been having superb set piece uh, play for Fulham? Stefan Johansson. Right. Stefan Johansson. I watched some of the Fulham game yesterday. They had about three corners, bing, right on everyone's head every single time. Don't know why I did the bing thing. Um, James Forrest was 
un, almost unplayable. Uh, uh, I, I don't understand how he didn't get man of the match. I don't understand why Dembele got it. Uh, yeah, I don't pay attention to Because I'll try to be nice so he stays because Ian's brother wanted to meet him. Give him all the champagne he wants. But see, the thing with that is that's the sponsor who decides that, isn't it? And so the sponsor will that's make... The, aye. So the spo- they want to meet after the well, game, basically. It's, it's, it's not Tom Boyd, no? Because he does a commentary. Does he not... He, is he it d- not really to the actual stadium? No, it's the sponsor gets... Basically, the sponsor gets to do the man of the match <laughs> and therefore... Enough. That's why you always pick the best player. That's why Larson got it every week, even if he did. Even if he was on, came on as a five-minute sub... Probably deserved it to be fair, um, but Louis McCaffrey, uh, yes. James Forrest, when he's on form and he's really hungry for for it, like for the game, he's very very good, isn't he? He is, aye. Good. No, I, on, uh, do you know what? I, I didn't. I, I know everybody, everybody raving about him at the weekend. I I still think he's. I've seen him better even this season. Um, oh, he had a hat trick of assists against Inverness. True, aye. Um, no, it, when he's on form, he's just that frustrating, isn't he? That you know, if, if he could keep a run of consistency. I mean, if, if you look over the piece, because remember he had a he had a purple patch at the beginning of the season, looked really good, faded a bit, and has now come back in, into it again. You know, if if he can if he can kind of build on this, who knows? Who knows? But it, 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 he is he is brilliant. I mean, his goal, the way he he went one way and then the other, that There's kind of low center of gravity and just absolutely done the boy. And see, see when he turns fantastic. before he strikes it. There's a touch he takes where he sets it up, and it's just sublime. It's just one small touch to set the ball up before he strikes it, and. The, it's something you can't teach. The thing, I mean, the thing with him, is. the thing with him is he needs confidence, and he absolutely he's like a striker that needs confidence in order to show his best. And that was the thing that really frustrated. I think frustrated us all at uh, the game at Ibrox, where James Forrest was not even in the game for the first forty-five minutes. Like not even there. He hardly touched the thing. And it was Sinclair. Not many of the team were. I, I, I don't know, I think Sinclair had a couple of chances that Aye. first half, but Forrest contributed absolutely nothing. He he, he kind of hid. Um, he didn't track back to defend. And that's why Lustig and, and was he, exposed by Barry Mackay. Yep, but that's the that's the frustrating thing. You know, you get this Barry Mackay fellow who wears green boots. He he has a couple of good games Fella. and people are saying that he's £6 million. Fella. James Forrest is absolutely 10 times a player of that boy. But he has to show it, and maybe he's going to start showing it. But that, for me, was frustrating. I think that should have been the point where James Forrest went, "No, no, this isn't happening. I need to show Scotland's that I'm way better than this guy." England versus Scotland at Wembley in November. There was only one player for Scotland who really played very, very well and who really took a cha- took his chance. Now he had opportunities to score that he missed, and there was one where he really should have scored. But the point is, James Forrest against England was one of the best players on the pitch overall. He, there's no question, I mean, you can't, Barry Mackay, he's just not very good, is he? I mean, that's not me being, that's he's not, got, that's he's not got some nice feet. You have to, you have to say that about him. He's two-footed and he's tricky, but his overall, what does he contribute overall? From what I've seen, not very much. James Forrest, you could argue, is this is is the same. Is it's always been his end product is the thing that's held him back. And I just want to say this: I know we don't. I just want to make this point about you know Rangers, um, Sevco, whatever you want to call them. Um, 
Andy Halliday, when he was at Living, uh, when he was at Livingston, he got a big move to Middlesbrough, and when he was at Middlesbrough, Gordon Strachan said uh, he's just lacking something. He's a good player, but he's just lacking something. He then went on to Bradford, um, and played at League Two. Didn't really shine for them. Then he went to Rangers, and he played in a in the Championship, the Scottish Championship, and. Uh, shined there's no doubt about it but he's playing against guys who you know aren't professional not all no they are professional but they're you know it's the championship it's not a great level in terms of right up the top i'm not criticizing the championship it's just a different level um and then he comes up he's one good game against scott brown um where brown wasn't in it at all he's now went from being an absolute superstar to just being found out for his level and uh, he's not very good. By the way, I don't have a point. I just really, really don't like Andy Halliday. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> like, there's no Fantastic. point. There's no... Well, can I just say in defence of Forrest then? I think he's been a wee bit harsh. Um, wingers, especially throughout the season, are going to take wee dips in their form. And that's where players like... Why? And I don't, I'm not being facetious when I say that, but you say wingers are going to take... Why? Well, not just wingers, just any player. We've, we've noticed that throughout the, the team. I don't know... It could be, like you say, he is a confidence player. Sometimes he's just not getting it, just doesn't quite feel right, but he hits that wee purple patch, which he's had, what, two this season so far? And he's he's uh, been a lot more consistent this season. He's been previous season than he's ever been as well. But one thing I've noticed that he's he's done as a winger, he's getting to the, the byline, he's getting further up the, the park. He won't cross the ball from out wide. Whenever he crosses the ball, it's either right at the edge of the 18-yard box yeah. or within the 18-yard yeah, box. Yeah, I'm not starting myself. And he cuts it back the way, so he's picking somebody out. His distribution from that area has been excellent, and that's where we're getting quite a few of the goals I, from. Again, not to be you know critical um, of Andy Halliday, no. Um, but if you you know if we look at a lot of these guys, um, so Forrest really came through under under Neil Lennon, right? Comes through under Neil Lennon, and you know Neil Lennon. He's got a certain specific type of style. He puts, you know, he was a guy who you would kind of breed your confidence. But would he develop you from a technical standpoint? Does he develop players from a technical standpoint? I would, I, I would answer that he doesn't. Um, he, he he certainly can get a team fighting for each other and you know developing and in terms of winning mentalities and stuff like that. But I don't think he'll sit and put your arm and tell you how to technically do something better. So Forrest had Neil Lennon. Then he had Ronnie Dyla, and the Ronnie Dyla thing just didn't work. Just didn't work at all. Um, again, like I mentioned with Armstrong and with 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 all these kind of guys who've actually came out and started to play really well, a lot of people have turned around saying Brendan Rodgers is a unbelievable. Um, you know, he's taking these guys from the brink, and, and he has. But I think it's more a case of he's actually these a lot of the, a lot of these guys. This is the first time they're being coached by actually proficient technical coaches who are actually telling them how to play their game. I'm not saying that Neil Lennon said, run up the pitch and cross it in. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I would never be that disrespectful. What I'm saying is, I don't think Neil Lennon had, gave him maybe the coaching that he's getting now. So again, this is the first time where maybe Forrest is actually oh, I understand how I'm supposed to play and what position I'm supposed to play and when to do this and when to do that. And yeah. that's obviously helping him. Well, Rogers has been quite prolific at that. He's had Scott Sinclair who is a uh, Chelsea with Yeah, him, yeah, Chelsea. And then Swansea. Um, he's had Sterling at Liverpool as well, and now Forrest seems to be yeah. really developing, blooming into a, a player as well, which is great to I see. I know. Um, 
poor Gary McKay Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one exception to the rule. But uh, no, he's, he's had his chances. He's been on a few of the games, but he just doesn't seem as if he just he seems like a very timid boy. Yeah, he doesn't seem as if he really can really fight and really that, can be aggressive and kind of get into the game and. That's St. Johnson game. On. We watched that game at that St. Johnson game in Edinburgh, and when he burst through, you just knew he wasn't going to score. There's not not a lot. Of, we've got Gary McKay. Season see will be a good player for someone else in the Scottish Premiership. He's just not good enough for us. Kieran Tierney, Kieran Harren. Thoughts? We'll get to that tackle in a second. But since he's came back, you've not been on the podcast the last couple of weeks. Since he's came back, happy? Oh, absolutely. My God, that was a wee bit of a tough one when he was out. Yeah. No, that's no disrespect to Izzy but he's not at the level of Kieran Tierney anymore yeah. and we can see that but uh, just the the energy that he brings um, at times as well he, he's, he's there was one point where he was telling he was the ball the ball for Sinclair was over the defender but Sinclair wanted it deep but and Tierney played it over him and he was kind of like look that's what I'm doing and Sinclair was actually apologising him so he's getting respect from senior players now as well yeah. as if this kid does know what he's talking about, so he's, he's maturing as well. And if he's getting the respect for um, the, the more experienced players, I mean, it's just showing how well and just his engine getting up and down that wing. Yeah, and you know, I mentioned this before. Like he really does push the entire team forward. Like you literally just the whole team drives up when he's there because of how much he probes and how much he pushes as well. Because uh, and the thing as well, on the right hand side, Lustig doesn't get fought forward enough really anymore. Um, going forward, that, going that's why Forrest stays out wide anyway when we see how Forrest works whereas with Sinclair Sinclair comes in because Tierney can then have the full wing and there's so many times that Tierney's either at the edge of the box putting a cross in or he's he's, um, he's at the edge uh, no he's up the wing putting a cross in or he's at the edge of the box playing a pass into the centre uh, a striker or something in the centre so he's the one that's always so far forward, which is why at times it almost does look like a back three because Lustig kind of just sits in and just says just relaxes chills out Chills out. But I mean, although in saying that, he was forward quite a fair bit on Saturday, actually, was, for once. He, he had a couple of really overlaps. great um, long raking passes. His passing's excellent. He's got a, I think he's got a week and a sniff for goals now because it was like the last goal. 20 minutes. See any time the ball, if the ball came to him and played Forrest, he's fucking darting to the penalty box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, an F bomb. He, he was darting to the, the penalty box, so he was. Um, uh, your heart must have been in your mouth, um, Mr. Um, Mr. Louis. Before I get to that animal, um, can I just <laughs> vile, say... Vile, absolute oh, vile. Cretin. Um, He's a kid right brain, isn't <laughs> um, Can I just say how absolutely amazing it is to have Keelan Tierney back and just doing what he's doing. He gets me emotional when he's I watch a, him. He's a modern day Tosh McKinley. Oh, God. Couldn't if, have put it better myself. If only. Um, um, aye, he's, he's just superb. And then that happened. Um, that that guy that that was. I can't believe he wasn't sent off for that. I mean, that was reckless, dangerous. He had no control over what he was doing. He wasn't going for the ball. And, and Tierney's luck really could, wasn't planted. Uh, yeah. Really yeah. could have been bad. I could, I could maybe not his career, but if but, that was planted, that was on top of his kneecap. He just snapped his leg in half. I mean, you, you, I honestly do think he could have broke his leg, um, like just snapped him in half. Would have been a clean cut though, a clean break. So if anything, that's pretty good. Don't know. Don't want to think about it. Right, right at the kneecap area, man. He could have had what happened to Snodgrass. It could have dislocated. You, you do realise I was, I was joking. 
No. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um, but look, look, when I mean, when you saw that, you, you're hand and heart and mouth. Uh, absolutely. I. I mean, especially since the fact that he's just came back, and I think that the thing is, you know, is he is he. Izzy was not too bad when he when he came in, to be fair. I mean, the first few games that he played, he, he wasn't very good at all. And then he kind of grew into it. Um, but having KT back is just... And, and you know, we all sat here when he first came into that team. It was against Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce. He, and he came into the team and he done well. And then he played in a few games and we thought, there's no way this kid can do this, like play a full season and all that sort of thing or, or he's, he's he's gonna have mistakes and all that he is so unbelievably consistent for a wee guy it is scary do, mean, you, know, do you know the thing is right see, sorry to jump in but see Keon Tierney right and from what I've seen right he's made one mistake and it was a um, short back pass from the halfway line that had to, it didn't it didn't cost a goal, but that's the only time he's ever made a mistake. The the one that always sticks out, and it's unfair because of the scoreline and because of what happened. But the Barcelona game, he looked like a wee guy, but he, he wasn't the only wee guy that was on the pitch at that that game. He he had a number of mistakes, and he looked like he didn't quite know what to do. But, but that's the exactly, and that's the only time I've I've ever felt. A bit dodgy about him in a game, and that was it. Can I make a point? I, I remember we were, Christ, we watched uh, Porto when Celtic went to Porto away and got absolutely dominated. Um, Chris Sutton looked like a wee boy in that game. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh no, absolutely. It's, it happens, it's not. I. I mean? It's not. Uh, it's really not a worry that 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 happened. And as Kieran says, he would have learned from that so much. But I mean, we talk about Dembele, you know, and the potential that that boy has. But Kieran Tierney. I mean, he still has his 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 flaws, and he's still got his plenty to work on, both going forward and defensively. But I mean, the, the potential that that boy has is insane. Because there's that's another thing as well. There's, there's a distinct lack of quality left backs. That's another kind of position that's not really got. Are you talking about in the world? Maybe not so much in the world, but in Britain anyway. No, I I know I agree with you. I, yeah, I actually one, think the only one that's kind of really informed now is that Marcos Alonso. Chelsea, he's but again he's played a left wing back almost, but he's done really well from that. From that, that's the, the player that came from Bolton. Yeah, remember those years ago? I went away to Fiorentina and obviously got himself over there and came back. Keith, um, can I can I jump in and ask you a question first? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll make your point first. If no, you've got just one. got to say, well, who's ahead of him for Scotland? Is Robertson. Robertson still ahead of him? Aye, he probably would be as well. The, the only reason Robertson would be ahead of him would be because he plays in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and he's a decent player, Robertson. I actually think, and don't just hear me out. I think Scotland. Um, I think Tierney might play centre half for Scotland, in a back three, um, kind of similar to how we played against. Was it the Red Imps? There was one game we had. Aye, because um, we played the two full. We played two full backs as centre half, so it was like Lustig with Tierney and Yanko either side. So they, I, I they think were so far forward. I, I, I think for Scotland, um, we're so bereft of centre halves that. Playing to unit left um, centre half probably would, would do that. No, I'm not necessarily saying Strachan yeah, because Strachan no, is see, yeah, an utter you play there, but moron, I and I wish Hanley. he would retire from my life. Sorry, um, no, I was going to say with Keon Tierney just being so good and as I say, just so direct yeah. and taking people on. Is he going to become a target even more so now in terms of people trying to snap him? Oh, of course. Um, I- 
growing up, I'd, I'd like to be gearing up about Man United because I was a pretty much an Arsenal fan for a for a long time. I've kind of moved away from them a wee bit, Wenger out and all that. But um, Arsenal have always had some cracking left backs from Ashley Cole. Nigel Winterburn. Nigel Winterburn was fantastic. That oh. goal against Chelsea, boom. The left transit. Oh, oh, oh don't amazing. you worry about that. Amazing. Um, but you had Ashley Cole, even Gail cliche has been quite good. Mm, I've never rated, never ever rated them. I good think energy. He's never good rated. energy. Come on. Next Chelsea, Monreal's good. I quite like Monreal. I like that too. Who's the Bellerin? He's right back as well. Who's the other left back we've got? Monreal. No, the English boy. Gibbs. Gibson. Kieran Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah. Um, I think he would fit so well into the Arsenal style of play of the high uh, pressure, high up the park. Um, and it, the best thing about Kieran Tierney is that he's got uh, a final ball. He can actually get into really dangerous areas and pick out uh, an attacker, which just makes him worth so much to our style of play. But if he went to another club, he'd be able to do the same. Firstly, you shut your damn mouth. Oh, I don't, don't want him to go anywhere. No, Other than, I can't tell you, him and Donnarumma at Real Madrid. What I would say in, in all seriousness in terms of Kiantini, the biggest compliment I'll give him, you just said there he would suit Arsenal's style of play. Yeah. I think he would suit any style of play. I think Kiantini is the type of guy you say, this is how we want you to play, and he'll go, absolutely. But he'll still get forward. He's just he's he's like Roberto Carlos, except he can defend. He's not Brazilian. He has hair. He's you know it's probably smaller, different sort of. He's not you know plays Real Madrid. Uh, he is from Glasgow as well. Uh, it seems really nice. His thighs aren't as big. Hasn't scored in a World Cup. Um, not a World Cup winner yet. Yet. He's got to take his there. So he's not like Roberto Carlos. Um, what did you think of the game overall, Emily? Um, Stuart came back, which was terrific. Uh, it was... Oh, actually, <laughs> to go back, but forward. Um, That's weird. Hell. Okay. Right, so the hell piece, Stuart Armstrong came back, but I want to make a point about somebody else's hair, which has greatly improved since Armstrong, I think it's been no coincidence, since Armstrong has started to actually play well this season. Who? Is he a bit on now? No. <laughs> James Forrest. Yeah, uh, hi. James Forrest's hair has been transformed, and it, it looks very similar to what, Stuart's. What I would say last year is... I think they're sharing product. What I would say is, last year he tried Homemade. to do a um, Frank thingy from... Uh, not Frank the Gillespie. Shameless? Uh, both know nothing of pop culture. Um, your side man, bottom. That that was better because it was quite funny. Frank oh. Underwood. Frankly, I don't give a damn. Frank the Tank. Just Susie. Just keep keep mentioning people called Frank. Tweet us your people called Frank <laughs> uh, at ninety minutes. Cynic. No, um, I think his hair's um, improved greatly. And the guy from the Arctic Monkeys. Mic drop. This is dying. This is dead. <laughs> Everybody, uh, do you know I, Arctic Monkeys are a hipster band? Are they? Not, to some. Nah, not to what me. did I think of the game? I thought it was pretty boring. To be honest with you. Not gonna lie. It was pretty bored. Okay. I agree. I was thinking about the start of the game. Um Was that because of Motherwell or because of us? Uh, I think us, I didn't think we created very many chances at all. Um I thought I thought they pressed us quite well at times. I thought they actually played quite decent. Um, Considering they're coming off such a... Exactly, yep. Um, 
And I, I, I just thought, I thought the first half, I remember, like, coming up to half time, I thought, oh, this is another one of these first half Parkhead performances. And maybe the second half, hopefully the second half will kick on. And I didn't really think the second half ignited really either. Um, so it was kind of disappointing, to be honest. It up at half time this time. Well, I know, that's it. But then, obviously, um, Brendan Rodgers was talking about the pitch, which we'll get to, but... I, I just didn't feel as if we really created much or, or were at our best, but then we didn't have to be. We still, we still won, kept a clean sheet. I agree with you. I think it was partly down to Motherwell's performance. Um, they were solid. They didn't create much space, uh, leave much space for us at all. I think there was only one real chance. I think it was Forrest that had a shot early on. I was the, thinking of Alex, Alex Turner. I'm an absolute dickhead. It's that's, my fault. That's, that's, that's Apologies. Camp. Frank who, mate? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um... Where Motherwell kind of lost shape and we kind of burst into life in the left with Sinclair. I think he came back to Forrest who just shot wide. But um, something I noticed about our play that we were trying to do a bit more was switch it um, with the central defenders, get it from left to right, going for the long raking passes out wide a lot quicker. That's the same. Let's take quite a few kind of long raking passes as well. Yeah, um, but I don't think we've got any of the centre halves that can do that and our... Like deep line midfielder aren't quite strong enough at that. And Brown did have a couple of passes out wide to Tierney that were really good. He had two absolutely superb passes, yeah. Brown. Like actually, yeah, he did. But but that 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 might be a feature of the the play that we're going to be looking at because if we're going to try and break down teams, we need to get them moved out of their shape a lot quicker. So that's maybe what we're, we're do, looking for. Do you think that we've played? Um, to our potential, I guess, since we've come back from, from, from January. I thought we would come back from... And don't get me wrong, we've won all the games and we've scored a lot of goals. But I thought, you know, we had this break over the kind of the over January. I thought we would have came back a lot more well, dynamic and high energy. And, and we've not been... Now, we're still winning and, and I'm not complaining. All I'm saying is I'm quite su- a little bit surprised we're not as... I thought Kuasi would, would have been that. The bit of energy in midfield would maybe spur everybody on. But because he's been... Who? Kuasi. Ebu oh, Kuasi. Ebu. Sorry. Aye, cool. <laughs> I thought it'd be that wee... Like, Who are you talking about? That wee dynamo in midfield that's going to get everybody spurred on. Um, well, well he, play, he played for the, the youth team on Friday. On Friday. Apparently, I, I don't know, but the reports were reports where he had a good game. But you'd expect a player t- of his, you know, experience to to actually kind of dominate that sort of situation. Um, Zach Jules was playing for for Motherwell, gave away the penalty. But other than the fact he gave away the penalty, I thought he had a pretty decent game. Yeah, the um, only is half. he Scottish? Yes, please. I, I thought I seen something online. They were saying about Reading? how they were raving about Reading, him. Yeah, he's, oh, he's on loan. He's a good player. As I say, he gave away the penalty, but that was more intelligence from Dembele. Didn't it really was just get in front of the the player. And he, he, he had one point where he won a corner for them for a, a really good run right through yeah, the middle. You just <laughs> kind of yeah. pushing forward. Uh, Dembele scores goals. Feed Dembele and he will score goals. They were getting the ball to oh, Brown to in the second the half. Yeah. You were saying the um, second half didn't you really ignite? Did they? Second half Sinclair came onto a game a bit more. Him and Dembele were were working together a bit more. But Brown in midfield was getting it and just spraying it wide left to Dembele who was running kind of like a, a diagonal into the goals 
he had one chance that he shot just wide and another couple we Brown, Brown had some dig himself in the second half, but um, he, that was unbelievable. But the problem with the problem with Brown is he's never been a good. He's never had a good shot on him. When he has scored goals, they've looked like unbelievable because it's coming from Scott Brown. But he's not. He's never really had a a good dig. So I mean, overall with the Motherwell game, just another kind of. Um, you know, notch on the uh, the title charge. Um, bit on Kieran when you impressed it. Is he getting back to the form that you? I thought he, I thought he was actually. I, mean, I think that's probably one of the worst performances he's had since he's came back. But overall, since he's came back, what do you think? He's, he's done all right. He's not really set the heather light. He's not. He just kept it quite simple and kind of. He just kind of slows the play down sometimes, which it can help at times when you're taking the momentum out. But he's passing uh, at times, and there was. There was actually one. I don't know if he got subbed because of that, or he was getting subbed at one point, and and then because um, he pa- passed it to the Marvel player, and <laughs> Roger just turned round. You just seen t- Roger turn round and go, right, you, let's go. Literally, went pointed to I think it was uh, who, McGregor replaced him. Yeah, literally went round to McGregor and went, let's go. So I don't know if it was I don't know if it was he was going to be made to change at some point, and then the minute that pass went, that was it. So, um, but he done it quite a few times. There was quite a few slack passes, and it wasn't even. Um, like try to do like a really kind of um, hard pass through. It was some just was, simple couple a five, of yards. It was like a five him. yard pass, wasn't five it? Five yard pass. He kept losing, so I don't know if he's starting to get a bit more complacent. But I don't know what's about to do. I think he's trying to carry favour with with us because uh, he's trying to look a wee bit more That's Scandinavian. No, I'll make a point. See when you bleach your roots like that. <sighs> It's the long term effects are negatory, and that's my point. That's just bad decision making, and therefore, um, it's a no from me. No from me at all. Shall we cancel that appointment? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so from that point, from the game overall, uh, you thought Motherwell did looked okay, but they are Mark McGee's a, a, an absolute clown, isn't he? Well, Mark McGee sat on that bench for that whole game. Then he got up. I think he got up twice. That from whatever I noticed, he was so quiet. Yeah, I don't know if he's been told like you better keep your mouth shut just now. Yeah, because I love of this, how he had um, the suit on. He appears rather. Uh, <laughs> and who, also sat the furthest away from like the sea like dugout because that's so what, never the. It's only McFadden that was up. Bowd said to me during the game, he said, um, has McFadden always been that like proactive on the... On the, uh, on the sort of was not, like, Touchline. Touchline. Twice, I think, he got up and that was it. That, not even to not even barking or, like, orders at his, his own team to kind of, like, for tactics and stuff. You do that, that. you do that. I've been through McFadden, so... Do that thing, you run. I don't really know what that was about. <laughs> um, uh, what I find, you know... Because we're, we'll talk about kind of just finishing up on the Motherwell game, but this is just an, a point overall. Um, Boyata seems to be a, a constant um, in the, the sort of central defence since you know in the whole of two thousand and seventeen, um, with uh, Simonovic and Big Eric kind of coming back and forth. But it looks like he's maybe choosing Simonovic over. I think it's Eric is, now. It is, I think it's usually. I think whenever Eric plays, it's when Yuzo's injured. Well, he said that he, he said before the game in his interview, he said that. Um, he sees Yozo as more of a if 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 the game's going to be played in the deck and they need a ball playing centre half, Yozo is it. And if He's if not, if it's more if it's more defensive minded, um, Eric Schumann, that's basically what he said. And he felt that at the Motherwell game, the centre backs would have a lot of the ball. That's why he was playing Yozo. I thought Boyata's distribution against Motherwell was pretty poor. Um, a couple of really 
poor slack passes. Um, Simunovic, I, I wouldn't call him a ball playing centre half. But then most most of the games we play now, we've got the centre half to get the ball at their feet. They're not really defending too much because we are kind of controlling the possession so much that it's that whole way where the ball's coming back to the centre halves to then try and drive forward again. It's, it's more very little. Hmm? They're more switching at the centre halves or getting ah, the out to the wings. But right. for defensive wise, it's not like they're having to be challenged for like in the air. With like the, player, the, the, the other teams aren't really playing a lot of high balls. They aren't getting near defence at times because we've we've got the ball. Look, saying that Motherwell had two really good chances with Pearson. Yeah, he should have scored in the first half. I think he had it straight at Gordon. Uh, Gordon, Gordon. I, he was getting down a bit early by the looks of it. Um, yeah. Gordon. He saved it. Give the it. guy a break. And that was the one at the back post. Pause. That was the one at the back post, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, then there was the other one in the second half. I think he caught it. It was just behind him. He Pearson. saved it. Oh, it went there. So he saved it. So they had two chances. Uh, <laughs> Keith, what would you, are you happy with Moya and Simunovic? Are you disappointed Eric's been dropped? Um, do you care? <laughs> I don't mean that flippantly. I just mean... Does it matter who's playing just now as long as we win? It's a minor miracle that he's got Boyata back in that team playing as well as he is. Is he playing well though or is it I just a case of he's he's strong, he's... Because uh, I do think he has actually played well to be fair. Uh, I think he, he's strong, especially at set pieces. He's defensively sound, even that, that on goal that he scored the other week. But, um, at least he was attacking the ball. Oh, what a finish. <laughs> he's, not, he's not panicky anymore, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he's panicking the ball his feet anymore than he used yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, the difference from when uh, Ronnie was the manager was that Ronnie wanted his centre half to come up the park with it first, whereas now we've got Brown or Bitton, mostly Brown coming back to take the ball off them yeah. and either switch it or they're just switching it from left to right. So he's not really having as much uh, to do with the ball. Louis McCaffrey mentioned the point earlier about Forrest and him being a confidence player. I think it's exactly the same with Boyata. I think Boyata um, is a guy who breeds confidence in terms of if, if he's not if he's lacking that confidence, he's maybe not going to play as well. He's also proved that he wants to. He's determined because he could have made a big stink in January and said, "I'm not. I want to leave." He could have made a stink before that, saying, "I'm a Belgian international. I should be playing." He didn't. He got his head down. And, and again, we mentioned uh, last week. We mentioned Griffiths. Um, that's what Griffiths needs to do. Um, and I'm sure he is. Um, Griff, um, Brendan Rodgers came out and said that he's improved over the last couple of weeks. He's putting the effort in. And again, it's just a psychological way of kind of knocking, uh, you know, knocking that um, hang into them. What was he knocking into them? Can that, someone that help? Hang? Someone help me? Get your words. Determination. Go. Thank you. You just <laughs> taught me. It's like you're a teacher. That's insane. Um, we've got some... Got some questions, Keith? Can you? I know you'd be the you'd be I'll the the bow today. I think we got a question on Facebook. Can you leave that, Louis? Jesus, can you believe that thing? I, I better check the flipboard. I get the flipboard. Well, listen, <laughs> about forty thousand questions. Are you going to ask the, answer the question on Facebook? Aye, of course. Oh, the Facebook. Well, hello, is anyone there? Aye, the flipboard one will be. How successful do you think Ronnie Dyla will be? <laughs> um, Big contributor to the, the, the show, Michael uh, McComsky90, is asking, do you think the thumb will leave in the summer? And if so, who could we replace him with? Kieran? I'd say no, because I think if we're possibly going to cash in Dembele. I don't know if we'll be able to keep them out for an earlier. I think the, the the value will be that high. He'll have, He's developed the year, he'll have won the treble, so he'll have his medals. Um, me what he's doing earlier but I don't think we can't afford to lose Griffiths 
and then be losing Dembele in the next six months or a year. So then we're going to lose two quality strikers that we're going to have to replace because we'll have nothing. Okay. Because if, if that be the case, we'd be looking for technically in the long term, we'd be looking for three strikers. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you, I'll kind of hop onto that question mm-hmm. and kind of develop it further. Um, if we get rid of Dembele, would Griffiths be your number one or would you use the money to buy another striker? Griffiths would be the number one. He wouldn't be for me, I don't think. I think I'd, I'd try and... I, I, I love Griffiths, but Dembele has shown that he, to get to that Champions League level, if we're going to play one striker, that striker needs to be Kapal. And if we get 30 million quid for him, then you use that to get... Just use it all on a striker. I don't but, mean you use 30 but, million quid, but you know but what I mean? But then, do we not have a wage start. cap at the club? Well, I mean, if you're going to break that, then if we break that, I've heard reports that Sinclair's on thirty-six grand a week. Now, whether that's true or not, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, so, ultimately, is there a wage cap? Who knows? But let's just, from a realm of, you got to, you got to assume. I mean, if if um, Sinclair was on reportedly eighty grand a week, is he? I'm, 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 but I mean, be careful. Thing is, they're the big, they're the big players that have won is the big games. Yeah. So you pay for what for you it. get what you pay for it. But then if we do that and we bring in somebody who's quite again quality player and then they have another good season and then we lose him, we're just constantly going to have a different striker every year. Whereas if we have Griffiths, no disrespect him, but he's at he had a chance down south, didn't quite work out for him. This is his level. Kieran, I'm gonna tell you something you should take into your personal life. Never settle Don't for settle. second best. You're better than that. You are better than that. Look at this haircut. This new thing is hitting to the Lovely. side. It seems you're it's good. Good, say thank you. <laughs> that's weird. Fuck, <laughs> take that back. Uh, right, okay. Your thoughts on that, Louis McCaffrey? Uh, well, I mean, he knows he's not going to be number one. If you were Lee Griffiths at this point, and you know you've seen Dembele come in and do so well, you've seen the money that's been linked with being brought in. Would you try and wait him out? Or would you think to yourself, I need to leave? Because, um, again, like that situation, if so, if they get 30 million quid from him, even 20 million quid from him, they probably will look for I th- another side. I think, someone. sadly, he'll spit the dummy and want to leave. And, and to a certain extent, you can't blame him. I think Dembele, now, the Dembele we know now, okay, it's clear to see the talent that the boy has. But he came up, no one really knew much about him. He came up from film. He hadn't proven himself really at any level yet. He came up and Brendan Rodgers went, I want him instead of Griffiths, who scored 40 goals last season. And he put him in. Now, that at that point, kind of, to a certain extent, is a kind of nail in Griffiths' coffin. What, what, I mean, Griffiths would, he would really have to do exactly what Brendan Rodgers wants for him to then... You know, and he really need to show s- some improvement in whatever capacity it is, because it's not goal scoring. Obviously, it's his all r- all round game. And you'd have to show that to Brendan Rodgers to change his mind. I don't think Brendan Rodgers is a closed book in terms of players. Obviously, from what we've seen, everybody's given a fair chance. So I'm sure if he did put in the effort and did make the changes, he would be rewarded for it. But as you say, if Dembele goes or when Dembele goes. I think we'll buy an striker and he'll be the number one. And that's the thing though, I think, you know, what Griffiths always had going for him was he scored 40 goals this season. If Dembele scores more than 40 goals, it'll kind of be like, well, you know, that the whole, you know, the, the point that you made about, because a lot of people are saying, well, he scored 40 goals last season, so, you know, he should be your number one. But if the guy coming in is doing better than you, 
in all right. And by the way, I'm a Griffiths fan. I'm a Griffiths fan, but when you look at how much Dembele contributes at such a high level. He's on 27 goals now, isn't he, Dembele? 27. So 13 away from... And we're in February. We're in February. And we've got cup games and we've got, you know, he'll probably score about 45 goals against Rangers. And if he plays, because you play him twice as well, so he's got yeah. our two hat-tricks at least. At least. At, that's the at very least. least. Two hat-tricks at least. At least. Oh. Um, more questions. Questions, sir. Can I just put my wee bit in about... No, questions. Come on, come on. About what? I feel totally vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to say that. Last year about Lee Griffiths. Not being the the target man that we need up front, not being able to bring every day in, and it it feels nice to know that a fellow football scholar like Brendan Rodgers has come in and identified him as being Aye, the real but problem. Let, let's be season. honest. Let's be honest. Um, you just don't like Griffiths. There's a difference. You were like you were snidey about him. You were snidey though, about him the way I'm snidey about McGregor. I was never snidey. Oh, you were. I just said the reason why I didn't because he, he drifted wide. He was greedy. He was selfish. Look at the wee snidey look on your face now. Oh, you chuffed bits. I'm chuffed bits. Well, fair enough. Musa Dembele is everything that I wanted. And by the way, just ju- just so you're aware, um, I still think Griffiths is terrific. I just think our style of lots to contribute. But um, I just I think that he, yeah, I just don't, I, I think if we bring that, if we get a certain ridiculous amount of money, that they're going to go and try and buy another high-profile striker. Yeah, well, if Dembele leaves, could um, Griffiths come in and do the same role as him? Could, I, I think if Griffiths came in, he could score forty goals. Basically, yes. I, but I don't think he could, I don't think he could do it at the Champions League that level. Ah, but that's it, the, the thing though. Dembele's role brings other players into it, like Sinclair and Forrest. With his hold-up play, with his one-twos around the box, I like Griffiths, but he's not as good as Dembele when it comes to things like that. But he can do that. He can do that. We've seen him against Hamilton. Aye, against Hamilton, he can't do it in the Champions League. Though. Well, he's not had enough of a chance. That's the thing. Did he actually get any game time out with the qualifiers? Did he get any game time in the, in the he was group in, stage? He was, he was injured, wasn't he? Was injured, no. No, it was a number of ones where he was in the bench. Yeah. I'm sure Barcelona at home, he was in the bench. I'm sure Gladbach at home, he was I think at least for three or four of them, he was in the bench. The belly started even, all the Champions some League. Some of them didn't even go on yeah. at all. Didn't even get minutes. What I think. Well, say the, the two of them were to go in the summer, this is a, a kind of follow-up one then to, to Comsey's question. Um, is there any SBFL players that you would keep an eye on? Would you take, for example, Moat? No. Um, Motherwell? No. no. There's not any SBL players who would improve our squad. Because but because we have the best squad. Not improve, but I would say for domestically, if possibly, if we took... Rudy, I think like, if we took Adam Rooney on, I think Adam Rooney would score goals for us domestically. Maybe not in Europe, he wouldn't improve. But that's the problem. If we old. if we were to lose two strikers, we would be looking for three. We're technically still looking for a striker because we've yeah. lost Shifty. And he's gone on loan and he's going as well. So we are, whether or not he's going to make that third striker a, a youth player, like he's the boy Atkinson. I really like John McGinn. I think he would be better. Uh, I think he's a better player than McGregor and Henderson. I think I like Kerr at Dundee, the fullback. I think he's good. I, I think like. Qu- I think the question was more strikers, not just general. No, I think it was, was in general. It? I think it was oh, just it was in general. In general? Yeah, just I just thought, just when they said SPFL lost two strikers, if we sold the two strikers, who would be? Um, so I mean, I mean, there are there are players who I think. Uh, no, I, I think I actually think maybe John McGinn is the only one who I would actively say would come in and improve our squad because I think he's better than. The two squad players. I think he's better than Henderson. I think he's better than McGregor. Would he play every week? Probably not. 
Um, but I do. I would trust him more. Would you not like Shinny in the kind of Scott Brown role? Nah, I, I think I think Shinny's a great left back. But I, if Shinny wanted to come in and be uh, an understudy to Tierney, aye, it was great. Yeah. But he wouldn't. And I'd, I, I would be disappointed. Ryan, Ryan Jack boy plays better in that role than what Shinny does. Ryan Jack's, again, another guy full of potential, but he's been a bit stop-start this season. Um, and I, I only know that. I don't watch every Aberdeen game, but from the Aberdeen supporting pal I've yeah. got in work, he's saying that Jack... He, he, I think he took, he became captain this season and it, the, the weight of it mm-hmm. kind of was a bit tough for him. But yeah, on you go. Um, Ilkorn Marco... Uh, Ilkorn Marco, sorry. This is for um, Louis. Louis, this is for you. Louis, this is for you. Pay attention, please. Um, two, oh, million <laughs> teachers. Oh. two million pounds. Um, would that be better spent on a new pitch? Oh, Louis. Possibly the, the hybrid grass uh, plastic pitch or first team players? How much money, sorry? Two million. Two million per yeah. pitch. Is that is that what that the thing is? is that much? That's, I believe that's what's earmarked for it. Um, well, actually, before we do that, what do you think of the pitch now? I, I can't comment. I've not been at Parkhead this season. I, I couldn't do it from the TV. It looks well, we wonderful. It looks very green and grassy. But I, I, I said to my mum at half time that the pitch is looking a bit, yeah. State. It looks as if. Um, do you go to the games with your mum? Mum and dad's at a couple of rows. Oh, so they do. I so they do. Sorry, yeah. Um, it looks as if. Uh, see, like a, a, a tee at the golf course. It looks as if I don't know what you're talking of, about, honestly. A couple of, a, a couple of divots out the, the park. It looks right, a bit okay. like that. Yeah, but that's during the game. That was no, going no, to happen. That, that was at half time. Before Aye, the, the so game. the first half, it's, it's been played on. It's not quite pristine, though. Uh, but of course it's not pristine. It's, getting, it's been played on. We're now in February. I think when you look at the compare it to other pitches in Scotland, it's remarkable. It's probably the best in the country. Oh, aye, aye. But that's not but the that's point Brendan Rodgers is making. Brendan Rodgers is making. Be better. He wants what they've got in the Premier League. And that's I couldn't see a hybrid of, uh, obviously, ash and, and grass. So that's the, that's yeah. the, thing, Hearts, that's grass. the thing Hearts were going for. Apparently Hearts were going for that in the summer, but they've had to scrap they're it. They're really in a pitch now. Aye, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. It's that, that bad. The, their plan was to re, re, uh, lay a, kinda, this half, a hybrid pitch, they call it. Kinda, obviously, the half plastic, half grass. That was their plan to do in the summer. But the pitch just now is just so bad, they're having to scrap those plans and relay it now. So yeah, um, just some points on what Brendan Rogers was saying about the pitch. Uh, I noticed it was cutting up at the sides in front of me on the North Stand. North Stand. It did look quite ropey, but um, it's. I think it's an old pitch here, so we need to modern that modernize the field. It's a con- concern for me when you are trying to entertain supporters and play a level of game. The pitch is vital. Our players have to deal with a real difficult pitch. Technically, they are having to make sure. Uh, make sh- make sure of their touches at times before they get it under control. They can't play first time. It is difficult. So I think how they deal with the game and how creative they are is a huge testament to that. Some of our football was very good, and what this was yesterday, and what our Friday Saturday, and what was a very difficult pitch. Even though it might not look it, you're looking for fast football and speeding your game. The level we are looking to play, we actually go away to some grounds and play better because the opposition pitch is better, and this slows us down here. Uh, However, I want to say, did we not relay that pitch either a year or two years ago for the first time in 10 years? Or am I just making that up? No, I think you're probably you're, just making stuff up. up. And do you know what? <laughs> I, there's a certain I've level s- of... Say that with confidence. Uh, you said it with such sure confidence. That was the case, that they relayed the pitch. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm I'm ma- I love the way I'm making this up and then we give them like, oh, you did well. When you, yeah, it seemed like, no, I'm pretty sure now. <laughs> well, when was the last time it was relayed then? I don't know. Well, was it out every then? summer? I, I, I think it, it, I think it, it is. £2 million every year. No, no, no this is for the Super Duper 
Oh, the tiger thing. Does it cost too many pound to delay the pitch? What was the question about two million pound? There's two million pound earmarked. Would you rather it went to the first team squad? Or would you rather it went on a new pitch? What was the eighteen million pound in the bank? You know, you get some of that in the players. I don't know what's wrong with him, We've just came out of a window and everybody said we don't need players. What do you think, though? Would you... You know, there's... To modernise the, the oh, kind of... It's a good grassy one, aye. aye. Good, good grass. Offer it, spend it. For you, see what Brendan wants, ultimately Brendan will get. <laughs> Love it. Um, if, any other questions? Am I No. From Facebook. Hey. Uh, Callum Walker. By the way, sorry, facebook.com slash 90 Minutes Cynic. Good man. Um, Callum Walker, who else can St. Brendan save at Celtic? What player is awaiting a revival? This is an topper. interesting... This is an absolute question. topper. What's, what's the gentleman's name? That is uh, Callum Walker. Callum Walker... Terrific. You know, we might not have many questions for Facebook, but they're bloody high quality. <laughs> you like. see all the ones we flipboard. Um, okay, so an interesting question. Um, we've mentioned Gary McKay Stephen, who we thought coming back um, made a small cameo in the Manchester City game, showed a little bit of pace, showed a little bit of desire. Um, since then, he's had a cut quite a few starts. He started against St Johnston. Um, he was really poor. Um, he's, he's just played games where, I don't know, it's not really... Do you know what? I'll go first oh, so I know the, who you're going to you're going to steal mine go and on. the one player that really oh, needs oh, it oh I'm excited near Beaton ah, back exactly. to what he was two or three years ago when we was rated at what is £12 player this lovely um, lovely ball playing, lovely. <laughs> this lovely ball playing holding midfielder <laughs> you, you got away with words tonight you're doing well we're not slagging the you way he, the way he Maybe used to play a pass he used, he used to fret Nonchalant. Nonchalant. That's not actually French, but there you go. It sounds it. Oh, Jesus. You're as stupid as he is. <laughs> right. So, you're, you're looking I think at. Neil Peterns are a player that needs to improve the way some of the, like, for instance, Boyata and um, Armstrong from last year, when their, their, their form wasn't very good, he managed to get them back again. That's, the, I think, the one player in the squad that really needs it. Yeah, I think I think the idea with that is that Bitton did actually play at such a high level and he's, he's just dropped off. So, Bitton could be polished. The, and the first, was it the first year of Dyla, I think? Yeah, it was fantastic. Aye. And in the second year, it kind of faltered away. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and you know, as much as you know, Rogic has you know, Rogic. We all thought Rogic was at the door a couple of seasons ago, but Rogic has turned it round now. Ronnie Ronnie Dyla gave him that opportunity and he took it, but he's improved monumentally again under Rogers. Um, so that's another one who's kind of came through. Forrest, we've seen an improvement in him. Scott Brown is not the player he was. He's just not. He's improved every part of his game. Is there anyone else who you look at and you think we could be brought back? Not, not really. I think for me, the only ones um, would be that ha- that haven't already improved. That the potential is there. It would be beat on, and I don't think it's going to happen. But Gary McKay, Stephen, that would be the only other one that could potentially come onto a game because everybody else has. Whether everybody else, you know. Brown obviously is is I I think the biggest example of it. Brown and and maybe Forrest to a certain extent. Um, Tam was kind of on an upward trajectory. You never call him Roger anyway. You never call him Roger. Um, it's unbelievable. No. Um, it's like he's your pal. The likes of Boyata, for example, who has improved. You can you really judge that? Because he's only he still only played a certain number of games, you know he he really need, if he stays in the team for the rest of the season, but then even then at the rest of the season there's not really that many games to go. 
He's still improved though. He's, Cons- he's considering improved, yes. he's played every game of 2017, and we were all expecting him to be out when he was when he was mentioned that when he was in that Albion Rovers lineup, we all kind of shuddered a wee bit and thought, "Oh, yep. here we go." Um, but he's been terrific. Is there anyone for you, um, Keith, that you think? There's a wee slight hope, that little happen. glimmer of light. You don't even know what he's going to say. I know what he's going to say. That wee slight yes. glimmer. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that one day we will see the number 10, maestro in the making, Scott Allen, sliding the beat, slide through. I, f- I I genuinely feel bad for what we've done to that boy. I know I know we've lined his pockets, but his career's dead now. Uh, to be and t- I, I think we have to have a certain amount of response. I mean, it was worth it for the absolute laugh at the time, but... We have killed our boys' career. He's uh, had a chance. He went down to what? Scunthorpe with Stubbs? Rotherham. Rotherham. Did nothing. I got you said Scunthorpe earlier on, I know. Was it Rotherham? Stubbs? He Rotherham. Said, no, he said Scunthorpe. That's because oh, you it was, said it. It was Rotherham, but... It was Rotherham oh, yeah, Stubbs. okay, sorry. Gal. Apologies. Is he still at Rotherham? No, he's back up the road. He's not even Scunthorpe. No, he's <laughs> training. He's back, he's back down. Oh, Jesus, is he? Aye. Can't keep tabs on this boy. Um, Where's Effie? How did you not know where he was? He's your boyfriend. We've had a wee tough time, right? Um, no, I, t- I, t- I tell you, um, Scott Allen. I, I said, you know, he, when he played with that Hibs, the Hibs team that um, almost got promotion under under Stubbs, he was excellent. I mean, he was superb. The guy just has not had an opportunity really to express himself. Any, he left under United too early. Went to West Brom when he was at West Brom. He never got a chance. Went out on loan. Never really kicked on from there. Then got released. Went to Hibs, and when he got a run of games. Actually performed well. Now, can he perform for Celtic and domestically? I think he probably could. Mm. But when we've got a plethora of players who add, who are more dynamic and can, you know, are more versatile, he's not going to get an opportunity. Oh, and I also game. think, I, I also think there must be something in his attitude that he's been. I mean, he's already been released from so many clubs. Our whole game is built in press, and, and he's no built as that type of. Player I mean, we criticise Chris Commons, but you know. Chris Commons had something, yeah, and he had a certain he had the desire to play. Yeah. the team. And he um, Scott Allen, not so much. What are you gonna say? I was just going to say it's kind of interesting that you know when when Brendan Rodgers. I mean, no one was sold in the January transfer window. Obviously, a, a couple back in the summer, but even then, you know, Johansson went, but Johansson went for money, and there was interest, and he wanted to move anyway. The players, you know. He kind of let him go. He, he, he didn't. He wasn't really willing to give to, you know. He, he judged him very quickly mm-hmm. and said he wasn't good enough. I wonder why that was. Um, okay, wonder, just 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 to uh, Scott Allen, Dundee United. He played eight games, um, and then he went on went on loan to Forfar and got four. Went to West Brom, got no games. Then he went on loan to Portsmouth, fifteen. Milton Keynes four. Portsmouth nine. Birmingham City five. Hibs thirty-three. Um, and this guy's 25. Um, it says he's played 13 times for us, but I guess they're all off the bench or mm. friendlies. At 25, he's hardly played. So, you know, he's just a guy who I think... Where is he right now? He is at... It says he's at Rotherham. Rotherham. You try to see if he can play Thursday night for us. <laughs> Get him in. Um, any other questions? Pal? Um, Paulinho? Pallington Steel. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> holy oh, shit! The Arsenal getting beat. 
Shortly after joining Dundee United as a youth, Alan was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. <laughs> Is that Wikipedia? Uh, yeah, it says entry by Kieran Hammond. <laughs> no, he requires daily insulin injections, but the condition has not... Un- we knew this. You just try to think, you think I've been making that up that whole time. That's these last two fucking was, three years. I thought it was part. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's campaigned for it and everything. Has he? Alright. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> three years too late, I might add, but yeah. I suppose yeah. eventually. Congratulations that three years ago you read Scott Allen's Wikipedia page. <laughs> no, I never read that. I never got it from there. You I got put, it? I put it on it. <laughs> um, any other kind of questions? Um, Daryl Hay, HDaryl67, is asking, um, why don't we have a chant for Wee James Forrest? Uh, he's been with us for seven odd years now. Um, I think there's like three Moose and Dembele songs, a couple of Scott Sinclair ones, but rightfully so, there's there's no... Not every player's going to have a song, is what I'd say. It's a bit xenophobic, is it? Is it because he's Scottish? Is that what it is? Green Brigade just hate him because he's... Any other questions? Green Brigade, I just say, the Green Brigade were fantastic at the weekend. Uh, yet again and they're raising money for the TIFO so oh is this you try to get back on? if you haven't donated like uh, I have and my father have um, did you lose please? your membership for the Green Brigade or something <laughs> trying to get it back why could they do that Celtic Zumba run there I'd need a wee set done oh Christ five minutes pal five minutes uh, is, this, is this just warming up for the Glasgow Comedy Festival or something because it's not going <laughs> over well man um, any other ki- we're, we're wrapping up we've got yeah, we get a good ten minutes left that's, um, that's, that's us okay oh. good in fact, let's have a kind of look at the weekend results from the Scottish Premier League. Um, in fact, let's kind of focus on the big games. Uh, second and third, Rangers and Dundee uh, finished 2-1 to Dundee. Did you watch the game, Kieran? Um, no, I watched the manual game instead. I want to watch some good football. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Keith, did you watch the game? No, I had a nap. So the last 10 Did minutes. anyone watch the game? Yes. Hi there, how are you? Boom, um, I watched it. Talk me through it. Thoughts? What game? <laughs> <laughs> nah, the Rangers game, did you? Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, more of the second half really than the first half, but um, two pretty rubbish teams, more or less. I thought the Dundee, the goals are great. The first goal especially, great move, yeah. um, but it wasn't a particularly high quality game, I didn't think. I, I um, think I think Dundee have one or two or three really good individuals. I think O'Hare, um, who was being played as a centre-half by Mark McGee, Motherwell, a fucking moron. Um, O'Hare looks like a quality player. I think Kerr, the fullback, I've seen him quite a few times and I think he's excellent. Uh, and then you get Wigton as well, who, who plays really well. the goalkeeper as well is going to go soon, Scott Bain, to a big team. He's, he's, he's good. He's been playing quite not much, much based on that game, but I think in performances this season, apparently they're saying he's going to move on to a big club. He's been playing well, um, certainly. He's been in Scotland squads as well. Um, Louis, what did you think? I mean, obviously, well, you know, we're Scottish football fans and we look at how the league's affected. We'll get to Aberdeen in a second, but how far behind are Rangers? What? I know they're 30 points behind, but how far behind in terms of like, what do they have to do to bridge the gap? Between us or Aberdeen? Between us. I, th- I think, the, uh, you know, a, a couple of things. I, I think, you know, y- you look at what's happening and the fact that Warburton is gone now and the whole way that was handled and the absolute shambles that is clearly still happening behind the scenes. And then 
with with Warburton gone and that really not even resolved yet because it's probably going to have to go to court. They now instead of trying to get a manager in as quickly as possible to sort it out, um, or, or at least someone that can get them through at the end of the season, they decide to start hatching a plan to have a director of football and change their whole, you know, structure of things. You know, three quarters of the way through a season. Um, it just seems an absolute disarray. And then, it, the, the opposite of that, I was watching an interview, it was before the, the Celtic game on Celtic TV, um, mm. there was an interview with the guy O'Driscoll, I can't remember his first name. The fitness guy? Um, uh, yep, yeah, and he's like the he sports Gaelic, sign. He came from Gaelic, Gaelic football, didn't he? I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I think that's a guy, yeah. Um, but he was at Chelsea with, with Brendan Rodgers and... No, I'm talking rubbish then, it's not him. Um, you're thinking of McGuinness? Aye, yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking of. So this guy, O'Driscoll, um, who's is like sports science and all that behind the scenes at Celtic, and he was talking about, you know, talking about what they do for the players in terms of their recovery and trying to make sure that they're right for every game and how they manage all these little things to make sure. And the I think the player availability rate was something like 95%. And he was saying that anything above like 85% is very, very good. So the fact that they were in the 90s was excellent. So I that is the number of players that are available for the manager to pick and are at peak fitness at any one time. Um, but he was talking about how they have. He was talking, gone into a wee bit of detail, but talking about how they have models for this and player development and blah 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 and all these different kind of departments and professionals that are in place now. To and it just the the impression he gave off is that we are on a different level altogether now in terms of professionalism and, you know... Long-term plans. Long-term planning and everything. And, you know, you can you can buy some better players. Yes, fair enough, Rangers could do that. But the whole infrastructure behind the scenes, scouting networks and all that sort of thing, they don't have that. There's nothing there. And they, they, they don't even have a manager. Yeah, there's, I mean, see, it, the thing is, the whole idea, I mean, we, we kind of covered the, the Bundesliga for quite a while, um, a few years ago. The, the whole point of directors of football is that you have a structure there that if a manager go, comes or goes, the structure still is, is still the same. Yeah. So you basically you can bring any decent good coach in and don't look at, if you look at like how the Dortmund and, and Munich as well, the structure's there and the only changeable part of it is the manager. Or the coach, because they're not managers, they're coaches. So you have the director of football who says, this is the players I'm buying, That this is the players I'm buying, I want you to coach them. And then that, that coach, if that coach goes, the whole structure doesn't fall apart. And that's the whole point of it, is to have a structure in place and therefore it's just the manager stays three or four years and then he moves on. Does that happen to every club that's got a director of sport? That's, that's, the, that's the mythology behind it. Because obviously Hearts are the same, they've got yeah. Levine, so... He and it worked with Robbie Nielsen, and now it's working so with Catherine. So Levine brings the players in and... Yeah, he does all the I football matches. Ka- I thought some of those players were Cathro's men. I'm sure, Cathro, I'm sure, sits down with Levine and they talk it through. Oh, it's that, that, that's it. But it's ultimately, Hearts is a good example because the structure has stayed the same. Um, the structure has stayed the same. Whereas Rangers don't have a structure at all. Rangers are jumping from one sinking ship to another. And, you know, if I was a Rangers fan, I would, I would be questioning everything. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't. The the football right now doesn't matter for Rangers, although you wouldn't. Th- 
a lot a lot of the, a lot of the Rangers fans are upset that Murty wasn't wearing a a suit, you know, these they're completely focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. Um, but the biggest one they need to do is call out King. Yeah, King's been silent now through most of the season. All his promises have just gone by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, he said that what he's put eighty million pounds into them. I know him personally, but well, he I said that he, I don't think he's put a penny. In. I think it's obviously all th- shareholders and I think it's all smoke investors. and mirrors. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Um, but, but from from a from a sheer footballing point of view, in this season, it is absolutely hilarious. I mean, to think that they were—they all thought that they were going to come up and, and going for fifty-five, and then you know, and and do you know what? It 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 vindicates us to a certain extent, and by us, I mean Scottish football, football, and the fact that they've come up and there is such a sizable gap, and they're now drifting away from Aberdeen mm-hmm. because the worst thing that could have happened was for them to come up and comfortably finish in second because it it would just have been a slap in the face to what. I personally think other clubs have achieved in the time that they've been away. Aberdeen have been the best in terms of they have made a step up. You can argue that they should have made a bigger step up, whatever. But they have made a, a step up in Aberdeen at, this, at the end of the season. If they finish second, which they really have to, they have to be saying, no, we are the second best team If you look at Hearts, Hearts um, are five points behind. Hearts must be looking at them thinking they're in complete disarray. Yeah. We're going for that Aye, third place. The thing is, well, Rangers have started to play us twice, started to play Aberdeen twice. And play at and Hearts as well. And Hearts once more. So, and I don't think... I don't think Aberdeen beat Rangers twice, didn't they? I can't yeah. really remember the results. No, they lost at Ibrox. Yes. So they lost at Ibrox. Because yep. I was going to say, I thought there was a case of they weren't, Rangers weren't winning, winning against teams around us. Around them, sorry. But they beat Hearts. So the only ones they've lost to is Celtic and they lost the Hearts weekend. at Tynecastle. That was uh, Aberdeen and I think Dundee's the only other one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is though, if you look at the goal difference, Celtic on fifty-one mm. goal goal difference, um, Aberdeen on twenty-six, Hearts on in fourth place on fourteen, Rangers five. And it'll be minus half the players. <laughs> this guy's rattling up the hat tricks. Um, Aberdeen, you know, again. Against Kilmarnock side who just lost a manager, um, kind of disappointed in that. What I like Lee Clark and I, I like the fact that he came up here because you know you know what it's like. I, I think it, I think again it was almost a wee bit of a compliment to Scottish football the fact that he he left English football and I mean he could have got another job down there maybe not at the level he wanted but he could have got something and he was quite happy to come up here and he he, he had no budget. And he's, he's seen think, the amount of players he's had to get. Yeah, I think Lee Clark, um, right guy, wrong club. Because There's Lee a lot Clark, turmoil at Kelly yeah. now. Come on, come on, can absolutely gubbed. He, he brought a lot of people are saying he brought in so many loan players. He brought in so many loan players because he had no money. Ah, yeah. no money. No money. The fans aren't turning up. He would have known that when he walked in, though. I, I just, I, I, I genuinely wish he'd, he'd stayed. I, I thought he was good. I for think, the, I game think, up if here. Lee Clark had went to a better club. In terms of uh, stature and in terms of, uh, you know, if Rangers, see if Rangers, right, had. Awesome. Uh, no, if Rangers had got. If Rangers had got McInnes, I think Lee Clark would have been perfect for Aberdeen. Now, would he have went to Aberdeen and lived in Aberdeen? Maybe not, but I think he would have taken the opportunity and uh, it would have been interesting to see because I think Lee Clark's a very good manager. I just think he's been, he's been unlucky with the places he's been at. Um, but yeah, um, so Aberdeen, they actually kind of fought back in the two goals in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, again, fighting spirit. The um, Kelly defender just totally sold the, the oh, two goals. It's ridiculous. Thankfully it wasn't either. 
It wasn't though. It was a guy they brought on. I think uh, like 88th minute they brought on this defender to shore it up. <laughs> Just give away. Uh, Lee McCulloch messed up or or or, or kind of broke up his centre back pairing in the 80th minute. Yeah, something like that. Why? It's the Rangers way, man. What are you doing? It's the Rangers way. I know you want to be a manager and all that, but I don't think I would have done that. To be honest, I mean, that that's one of those things where anybody with even an ounce of football knowledge, and I mean just like watching football matches, that never happens. You never see the no. centre-halves being taken off, ever, unless they have to. If you, you sit out with your two centre-halves, unless one of them's getting absolutely roasted or they are injured... You never take one off in the 80th minute. Mm. It's it, it's odd, but great fight back for, for Aberdeen, though. No, terrific. Uh, the sign of um, the champions of second place. Yeah. <laughs> of second place, um, because just looking at it, I mean, you've got Celtic on seventy three, Aberdeen on forty nine, Rangers on forty three, Hearts on thirty eight, St Johnston on thirty seven, and then there's a ten point gap. So I mean, there is a really a top five, um, which is a massive credit to St Johnston. So massive credit to Tommy to Wright. To have that, I don't know, um, but that gap. I mean, ten points between them and Dundee. It will be. It will be a very. I think it will be a very interesting race to see who finishes second, third, and fourth. Because I, I think Hearts. I hope they come on to a game. I mean, they drop points at the weekend. That would have been the perfect time to to close the gap in Rangers. But I think it's got to be fascinating. Do you think um, you know the wheels really could come off Rangers? in terms of they could start really dropping points. Because that game yesterday, they were so unorganised. I've never seen a Rangers team that unorganised before. They just, they weren't playing for each other. They were, You've got a smell on your face. That, that's a shame. They've get, How uh, dare you? How we thin. Have they not got St. Johnson at home in the next game? Nick. I'm sure they... I'm sure they went away. I think they go away to Inverness. It's Inverness on week. Friday. It's seven. Away. Inverness yeah, this Friday night. Away to Inverness, who are, are absolutely choking for points, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then they've got St. Johnson at home. Aye, I mean that's. You might think. I mean, we went up there. We went up to Inverness and dropped their only points of the season. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's difficult, but um, oh, it's great. It's we terrific. go up there next uh, Wednesday. We Aye, that's right. Yeah, Inverness. Is there. Okay, that's uh, yeah. I think we've covered uh, covered all we need to cover. Uh, we are the ninety minute cynic podcast. I am Chris Gallagher. Uh, we are on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing the bit. I've went in reverse. Um, at ninety minute cynic on Twitter. In fact, you've got a wee spiel you want to do. Yeah. Um, next Monday night um, is the first meeting of the Celtic fans forum. Um, I put my name forward for it. Um, if anybody's got anything that they want to. Like get the point across to the the club or anything like that, then you can uh, tweet me at Ginty eighteen eighty eight. Um, Why are we buying players who have got diabetes? Exactly. Yeah. Are we putting the proper precautions in there to keep them fit and healthy and give them a life after football? That's discrimination if you're not going. For I know, Kieran. I'm sorry. Kieran's got diabetes, so. Is that why we've not got any oh, diabetes t-shirt it's not it's like a, the band diabetes the band. they supported the vaccine sounds va- like a band you would love they supported the vaccines on the <laughs> tour um, so the vaccines are a band by the way yeah I know that <laughs> so I uh, so you're going to that so at Ginty1888 yep um, yeah I'll you've... feed back any, any information from that I'll ah, buy, you, if you I'll, don't if, have to if that. I'm not on the podcast no, I'll feed back to you guys no, no thanks that's fine I'm hoping that there's going to be a nice open communication between the fans and the so, club that's what so it's the fans what, what, do we not have this a fan liaison officer, but John Paul Taylor, that's so a man. Be there. 
he'll be the one leading it, I believe. Right, so we, but there will be representatives of the club, like... Yeah, yeah. We'll be Law, what? Um, the, I've got the email here, it says... No, I don't know if Lawwell's going to be there. Um, Are you doing this in a 90 minutes in capacity? No, he's doing it in his own capacity. In his own capacity, but if... Uh, no yeah, thanks, no thanks. No, no, okay. Right, we'll Gone. Fan forum. Uh, next week they're talking about... Talking. Talking about... No, I've lost it. I can't even find it. Mate, you lost that thing. <laughs> you lost another listener anyway. <laughs> yeah. Done. Right, okay, we'll just uh, tweet tweet out the information and we can retweet right, it just from the podcast. Um so we are the ninety minute cynic at ninety minute cynic on Twitter. You can get all our information. Um we're on iTunes if you search for ninety minute cynic. Uh, if you could subscribe and leave a lovely positive comment, that would be terrific. We're also on Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash the ninety minute cynic. Um we are also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash ninety minute cynic. Send questions. And we'll answer them, it turns out. There we go. Yeah. Uh, 90minutecynic.com is our website. There's plenty of interesting features and articles. There's a Thomas Brolin one from about two years ago that's smashing. Uh, we've also got the supplement, um, which was released uh, at the start of this month. And we've got one coming up, Keith. In the next two weeks. Start of March. Articles are coming in thick and fast. We'll try to get interviews in. Thick and fast. Um, should be really good. Looking forward to, to that. I might probably contribute as well. Um and yeah, um, get involved. If you follow us at 90 Minute Cynic on Twitter, that's where all these links are posted and such. Um, Keith McGinty, pleasure as always. It's been great fun, Christopher. Good to see you all again. Christopher, you're, you're just like my mum. Kieran Harron. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. Energetic. Energetic. Very full of it. We're going straight home to bed, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, look at this guy. Regal is how I describe Ray McCaffrey these days. Regal. Don't know about that. But, uh, good to be here. Talk about your jumper. Uh, it's very warm it's a fleecy number that I got from a family member keeps me warm looks like a Sheffield Wednesday looks like a wee owl thanks (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me thanks terrific Um, I am Christopher Gallagher we are the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road